Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here with my two lovely ladies, as per usual, the sharp edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How you going, girls? Doing good. Doing really good. It's good busy, to busy, hear. Busy. I'm kind of excited. It might snow tonight. My first snow in this new place. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I'm excited. That's uh, we, we don't snow here on Christmas. We have the sun at blaring. <laughs> yeah, I barbecue's I, uh, ready. I got out of Dodge, so I'm in a whole different world uh for this Christmas. I'm very excited about it. Beautiful. Kind of feel like I'm in the jungle right now. I'm liking my little office space setup. Ooh. Yeah, it's good to get a change of pace, change of scenery. It is very important to get a change of scenery. Good for the soul. Yeah, hundred percent, right? Uh, so today we're going to go over uh, Corey's new article, uh, our Hive Mind Review that we did the other day, which is just an update on Ghislaine Maxwell trial, uh, which we've been covering kind of every week to keep up to date with that. Um, courts block COVID mandates, radical Omarova withdraws nomination for comptroller of the currency. Um, Biden's co- commission does not recommend expanding the Supreme Court. So all good things today. Goes. Yeah, really. I know. It's like a court kind of day. Everything's yeah. pretty much everything's about the courts and uh, almost all of it is positive. Just kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. So, good, I think it's been a while since we've had an all round positive podcast. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to so Edge is going to kick us off with the uh, with the courts on all these wonderful multiple nationwide mandates that are being crushed yeah yeah so i'm going to recap because there's been so many different court decisions it's really hard to keep track of where everything is so but sorry i just have to interject especially when you still see like your mainstream news media pumping out articles and headlines saying the osha which was shot down god it hasn't it been like a couple weeks now so in November, uh, in mid-November is when this OSHA decision came down. And so I was just going to say, generally speaking, there's been some really big losses, some major losses on the Biden regime's vaccine mandate. Uh, so to recap, in November, mid-November, a federal court ordered the federal government to halt the OSHA mandate nationwide. And um, this OSHA mandate was, again, for the employees of uh, companies of 100 or more. And the court said, health agencies do not make housing policy and OSHA administrations do not make health policy. (laughs) And seeking to do so, OSHA runs afoul of the statute from which it draws its power and likely violates the constitutional structure that safeguards our collective liberty. For these reasons, the petitioner's motion to stay pending review is granted. And so basically, uh, it's further ordered that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce the mandate until further court order. And remember, we had reported back when this happened, and uh, mm-hmm. even that OSHA had changed on their website and said that there was no further action um, pending and, this. And yet media in the Biden regime and CDC will still follow our guidelines. We still tell you to tell all your employees 
that they must. And I still get emails till this day. I have people emailing me, forwarding emails from their companies they work for, literally saying in the email, the dates of the OSHA deadline and everything as though they didn't get the memo. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, because the, because the mainstream media is everything. Mainstream right. media is the information source. I mean, we are living under a lawless regime. They're like, what? What quarter order? Just keep going as right. though it the never happened. Like, the media acts like it never happened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so November 29th is when another um, court decision shot down the vaccine mandate. And this was with regards to healthcare workers. So this was a federal court out of Missouri blocked Biden's um, vaccine mandate for healthcare workers in 10 states. And that was for uh, Medicare and Medicaid certified providers and suppliers in the states of Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming, but very quickly after, in fact, the very next day. Yeah, that was fantastic. That is when it went nationwide, an injunction on the Medicare and Medicaid, or basically the healthcare workers, um, that vaccine mandate went nationwide. That was out of a federal court in Louisiana. And they were saying, look, liberty interests of the unvaccinated uh, require nothing less than this. So in, in addressing the geographic scope of the preliminary injection due to the nationwide scope of the CMS mandate, that was the Medicare med- Medicaid mandate on healthcare workers, a nationwide injunction is necessary due to a need for uniformity. So that, sh- so basically we've shot down the OSHA one nationwide, we've shot down yep. the healthcare worker one nationwide, and now let's talk about the federal contractors. So, um, so in no- on November 30th, the, there was a federal judge in Kentucky that halted the mandate for federal contractors. And this was just applicable to Tennessee, Ohio, and Kentucky, and that was on November 30th. And then, um, so they said, look, these, uh, these questions will not be finally resolved in the shadows. Instead, the consideration will continue with benefit of full briefing and appellate review. But right now, the enforcement of the contract provisions in this case must be paused and so they were saying the government is enjoined from enforcing the vaccine mandate on federal contractors and subcontractors and all covered contracts in Kentucky, Ohio, and Tennessee. But then, then <laughs> so this is this brings us up to this week. Here we are this week and a federal court has given another big blow to the Biden regime's mandate. A Southern District uh, of Georgia court has halted the mandate for federal workers nationwide. So, yes. So uh, just as you know, thus on the unique facts before it, the court finds it necessary in order to truly afford injunctive relief to the parties before it. To the issue and an injunct to an issue an injunction with nationwide applica- applicability. So basically, three different areas where it was 
initially just, you know, states, it's nationwide now that the courts have ordered a halt, at least until a final decision is made on each of these. So the, the fight's not over, but man, these uh, vaccine mandates by the Biden regime have gotten some major losses in three major areas uh, over the last month and a half or a month or so. Yeah, it's essentially all the areas they've been hitting. You're talking millions and millions and millions of people that they were trying to force this on. So we'll definitely stay on top of this and uh, see where this goes, because I'm sure they're going to keep trying to fight this. But in the meantime, you also have uh, individual states that have already put through mandates saying that, you know, we've talked about this many times where some states have made it statewide across the board, whether it's a local or state, you know, government uh, facilities or agencies, but others have incorporated businesses as well. So, right. Like in New York, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a good segue because yes, um, de Blasio came out with some announcements this week about extending their vaccine mandate to private employees of companies, as well as like ages, I think it was five and up. Um, to have vaccine passports um, to go into places. And so it's just insane. But meanwhile, this kind of stuff is making its way through the court system. And there was a major blow to de Blasio's mandate this week. De Blasio's vaccine mandate for the NYPD and pretty much the um, city workers, including the NYPD, was uh, put to a halt. So nice. Yeah, I'm looking here. It says de Blasio, the mayor, um, is basically um, restrained from enforcing order of the Commissioner of Health and Mental Hygiene to require COVID-19 vaccinations for city employees and certain city contractors. So, yeah, um, and that was just, you know, this week that that came down. So now did you say separately, though, he's trying to put through the vaccine? Oh, yeah, I remember, actually, because uh, you know that um, God, I'm blanking out on the site. Every week I go in and I look at updates to the site where it's in my COVID resources page, um, where you can review the list of states and all the legislation they're trying to put through. And I remember New York had some recent kind of an onslaught of them they were trying to put through, most of them bad, of course. But did you say so there's a new one with the vaccine ID passports that he's trying to put through and mandate for businesses all the way down to five-year-olds? Or was that the jab you were referring to? I was reading headlines this week. And from what I understand, de Blasio has extended a vaccine mandate for private employees, uh, not just city workers. And then also um, People going into businesses have to show proof of vaccinations from ages five and up, I believe, is what I what it said. Good Lord. That's nah, ridiculous. No. I assume that's that's gonna be fought as well. I hope. Oh yeah. All of this stuff has to make its way through the courts. I mean, it, it just takes time. Like this right. the the one for the city workers, that's been going for a while now. And we've just got this, you know. Um October 31st, I think, is, you know, when this first made its way into the court system. So 
Um, and it's December 7th now we're hearing that there's been a put a halt put to the um, one regarding the city workers um, and certain city contractors. So nice. Yeah. So um, just hold tight, people. I mean, we've got to let you know, this stuff make its way through the courts and just do not comply. Uh, right. Just just because some um, would want to be dictator <laughs> makes these demands right. <laughs> doesn't mean it's legal at all. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, another thing to mention is and, uh, you know, we were talking before recording uh, as far as how um the, the ultimate way this is probably going to go, but it's still a positive. The Senate did vote to repeal Biden's federal vaccine mandate for businesses this week. Uh, I believe it was all the Republicans and two Democrats that joined in with them. Um, so that's great news. However, we know that it's probably not going to get approved in the House. And even if it did get approved in the House, uh, Biden's going to veto it. Yeah. Right. But it's uh, definitely making a strong statement, especially on the heels of this, you know, this, all these sweeping decisions uh, in the court system, uh, just completely shutting down or halting uh, these mandates until the final decisions are made. Right. Absolutely. I just got to keep keep going forward. Everyone needs to stop complying. And, uh, you know, I wrote a piece on, uh, gosh, was it Monday? I don't even know. I was traveling for a few days. And so I just kind of got settled in and then I dove straight into research, which I've been in for about 30 straight hours. So my brain's still stuck over there following the money. Um, and that's a huge, huge education piece, um, that I'm working on that, you know, whether your kids are still in the public school system or not, this is something everyone's going to want to read because it's, it's pretty significant. So um, in the meantime, <clears throat> I wrote a piece called, uh, just an opinion piece, the time is now differentiating force from choice. Because what I keep seeing and, and, and hearing and observing is people saying, I'm, I'm being forced to get the jab, or I'm forced to get this, or I'm going to lose my job. And um, I have to fill this out. And I have to do this or, you know, and So what that does though, is when you keep saying forced, it puts you in this sort of paralyzed state, you know, you feel boxed in, you feel cornered, and then it becomes very difficult to make choices and decisions because you feel like you're backed against the wall. And the reality is everything is still a choice. No one's forcing you to put that mask over your face. No one's pinning you down and sticking a jab in your arm. Um, no one is forcing you to fill out forms and surveys and download apps on your phone. And, you know, are they great choices? No, but it's still a choice. And so you got, you, you got to get the, the whole force thing out of your mind because they're, what they're doing with that is they're putting people in this, this state of like victimhood, you know, which puts you in an inferior position Um, It makes you feel powerless and you're not powerless. This is a huge fight. This is like the fight of our lives right now against the jabs, the full control, the human enslavement system, the digital identities, which gets them to all of this control. And you have to just, uh, 
So I was having a conversation with, well, I've had a conversation with several people on this and, and here's the thing. So what some people will say is, well, it's easier for you because you don't have kids. You know, I have kids and I have to keep my job because I have to feed my kids. Okay. I get that. I mean, I, I do have several pets and I do have a mortgage and everything, but okay. I under, I understand that. But let me ask you this is, is selling out right now to what you know is coming and how corrupt the system is just so you can maintain a paycheck right now worth it for your kid's future as short as three years down the road because this shit's moving fast so are you willing to you know, maybe it's better to look at the alternatives, look at moving in with friends if you need to save money or moving in with family until you figure out something else for another job that's not going to require all of this. And so you can show your kid, look, this is, you know, this is how we fight back. We don't give into this. We hold our morals, our values, our integrity, and we don't give in to these demons. And, and that is how we save the children of the future is by fighting this and not complying by giving into just this and then just this and then just this and then just this you're building your prison cell and you're building your kids prison cell for the future so to me those are the people that should be fighting more if you have children that should be more against all of this because it's it's setting the president of you know what's to come and giving into more and more of their demands and as we can see by what we just went over you know, they, they, they've put this so much fear into people that people react um, quickly or they, they go against their own beliefs, you know, out of fear and their own values. And, and, and many people have even gone as far as getting the jab, you know, and not wanting to. Um, and so, I don't know, what do, what do you guys think? There was a lot more I said in this article, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you. A couple of points. I mean, um, agree that this is the final stand. Um, Mm -hmm. If we want a future for our children, we have to take a stand now and make sacrifices now. And that does include making some tough choices for the immediate future. And I also believe it takes a leap of faith. There is faith involved. God's on our side. And if you really tap into that and take that leap of faith, I think most in most cases, it's going to pay off, even if it is really scary to do that. Um, Of course, everybody's positions and situations are different, but I definitely agree this is the final stand. And if we don't stand now, there is no future for those children that we are trying to protect. Um, Number one. Number two is that the way they always present things is a false choice, meaning they have created a dichotomy, this cross in the road where you feel like you have to either go one way or the other, and either way they win. Um, When you have to switch up the paradigm 
and realize that they have manufactured that false, you know, one choice or the other and make it basically your enslavement is designed to look like you're choosing it. And um, so, but that's a false sense of, of those choices. You actually have many more uh, choices. You just have to switch up the paradigm, switch up your way of thinking. Uh, right. Meaning, like, I only have two choices to take the jab and keep my job or, um, you know, lose my job and, and I'm impoverished and I can't take care of my family. Right. No, you actually have more options. You just need to kind of open your mind and switch up the paradigm and think of things differently than these two false choices that they've given you, making you think you still have freedom when they're trying to trap you. Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an excellent point because I see that all the time um, in people's comments, you know, well, then what am I supposed to do? And they're just going to force us to the point of this. And then that's the end. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to think outside the box. You got to keep processing and keep thinking. And that's, that's what's so stifling is by everyone keep keeping, continuing to use the word force. It's stifling everyone and paralyzing them to feel like they don't have options when you do we got on the COVID resources page there's six different uh job boards and there's probably more now um that we haven't come across yet but where people are not requiring mandates um people building up communities you know working together and investing in one another there's a lot of smart and savvy things you can do um to earn a living or, you know, grow your own food or partner with a farmer down the road and you exchange or you get meat from them or what have you. There's so many different things. You just have to like start thinking about it and, and analyzing it and processing it instead of feeling like you're boxed in with this or that. So yeah, that's an excellent point. And I always thought, I always thought, you know, through this whole thing for the past, you know, two years, basically, that I was just going to try to make lemonade out of lemons and whatever mm-hmm. they throw out at me, I'm going to turn it around towards my, like, and make it an advantage and, or a, an opportunity. Right. And, yes. um, you know, if people just start thinking <clears throat> of it in that way, like maybe, yes, yes, you know, this is being thrown my way and it's negative, but maybe I can turn it into a positive. There's always something else that I wanted to do for a living. I always wanted to start this other, this business, or, you know, I always wanted to move to this other state that, you know, has better opportunities and more freedom or, you know what I mean? Like look at it as an opportunity or, or just, you know, the next phase of your life. And it doesn't necessarily all have to be bad and negative. You can turn it around into a positive. Right. Exactly. And that's how I've always looked at things in life too. Whenever something happens, I may sit in it and wallow for five minutes and then I go, Oh, but I could do this. Or now I could do that. Or now I could take this adventure or now I could go find, you know, a different place to live or what have you. Um, So that's, that's extremely important is changing the flipping your mindset on all of this. And, and knowing that this is probably the first time in history that on a global scale, we're all fighting these asshats to shut down this corruption potentially once and for all that is going to probably be a decades long fight. But this is an opportunity for us to obliterate these people, you know? 
And like I said at the end of the article, solutions come from the pathway you invent as you resist and faith will open doors you didn't realize existed. Great way to end it. I mean, you just nutshelled that really well, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you say you can't nutshell things. (laughs) I'm not very good at it. Though this is a short read. This is like only maybe a four minute, five minute read. That was pretty short. See, when I can do just rambles and opinion pieces, and I don't have to cite tons of evidence, I can actually nutshell pretty quick. All right. Well, good one on that. So, and then you had another um, publication this week that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Well, so I try to do this quarterly. I don't have like exact dates. I do this, but uh, so it's a library for red pilling volume six. And if you scroll down, uh, what I do is I take my reports and I put them into categories Um, So people can share these with other people. They can go to them and find them quickly and easily. I have a whole new, you know, solution section I started this year. Um, It's also available. Yeah, you can just keep scrolling down. It's, there's over 125 reports in here and that's not even all the reports I've done. I just kind of picked out like the, you know, a good chunk of them. And then I have... (laughs) a ton on just my COVID-19 investigative reports. Um, there's a ton under that and there's resources in here. There's tools in here. I created this in P- a PDF format in my bookshop that you can download for free. So it's just a way I kind of took my reports and organized it in a fashion that's easier for people to find specific information or if they're wanting to, you know, share specific um, pieces with other people, then that way they have this all in one handy location. So you I remember when you started that, Corey. What? I remember when you started this series. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was just getting to be so much. And I'm like, you know, there's gotta be, you know me, I'm an organizational freak. So like, there's gotta be a better way to organize this, especially because some of these topics like the COVID one, I think I have over 30 reports just under that one. So. Oh, look, you got our podcast there. I do. <laughs> podcast. got to have that on there. Yeah, this is fantastic. I mean, because people are like, gosh, I know I saw that article. I don't know how to find it. I know Corey did it. This is mm-hmm. just like super easy to be able to find it on a topic basis mm. right and and we mentioned stuff like with the galane maxwell thing that we did there the other day which we'll get into a little bit later um we mentioned zora branch and stuff like that and we know you did a report on it so these things are good to like find out more information about certain things that we mentioned and yeah just go straight in there it's amazing yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. Because a lot of things are coming back around. I mean, I know oh, yeah. that, especially when going back to the Ghislaine Maxwell um, trial and everything, uh, a lot of the stuff we've researched for years, um, you know, and maybe just like forgotten bits and pieces of, of it, it's circling back around now. And so, yeah, it's necessary to kind of refresh. And uh, definitely you have a lot of reports that are connected in ways to that so um but that's just you know one aspect there's you know all kinds of topics in here so yeah 
Yeah. So, so update us on the uh, Maxwell case. Cause I haven't been following that. Cause I know you guys are. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I've been following it. We did a, um, a second video cause it looked like, you know, there was definitely an interest in oh, that. And so we wanted to keep people up to date so far. There's been three victims who have testified and then multiple other witnesses, like two pilots, a JP Morgan exec who testified about the transfer of millions of dollars from Epstein to Maxwell, hmm. Alessi, the house manager who testified a lot about the details of the house and the things he was involved in, everything from, you know, driving um, the, some of these girls, victims to and from places, uh, driving Ghislaine around to scout out places to pick up girls. Uh, cleaning up afterwards, gross, mm. uh, calling and making appointments. He talked about the book, the little black book everybody knows about mm. with all of the names of hundreds and hundreds of girls. Lots of details like that, especially also the material evidence that was collected. There were some FBI agents who have testified on that material that was collected. Are we going to see that material? No, we got to see some pictures. Some pictures have come out, but definitely not the stuff we're, we're talking about on the scale that was provided uh, as far as like pictures of evidence that the FBI had collected. We're talking about boxes and boxes of hard drives of pictures of girls, uh, presumably some of those being with with uh, and individuals that they were with, right? right. As for blackmail material, CDs, wow. cases and cases and cases and sounds book like binders of CDs. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like the thousands mm. and thousands of pictures of girls. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, but we're not going to be able, that's not going to be exposed to the public. A lot of stuff's redacted. A lot of stuff is under seal. The jury gets to see stuff that the public does not get to see. Um, and so this, this court, this trial is really a very, very narrow in scope. Um, and so we talk about that and th this is, it's so, so much more than that. Um, we're never going to get to through this trial anyways, um, get to the real core issue of how Epstein, uh, not only was involved with very powerful elites, um, and who those people were, but was compromising those elites with young girls and um, taping and taking pictures and things like that, using that for blackmail material. Connections with the um, intelligence communities, Mossad, CIA, um, Ghislaine's family. <laughs> The yeah. amount of times he visited the White House. And, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is 17 times, mind you, between 93 and 95. We, we talked about these, these witnesses. They have very compelling stories, but the defense has done a very good job in poking holes, finding little inconsistencies. Um, I've definitely got some questions as far as, you know, did the prosecution give it their all here? And, uh, you know, you definitely have to ask that when especially considering, of course, you know, James Comey's daughter is the prosecutor, uh, one of the prosecutors here. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it looks like and a lot of people are saying that this is really just uh, kind of like a show trial. Maybe maybe Ghislaine, even if she is 
uh, convicted, found guilty and, and everything, um, it, it's never really going to get to the very core issue of how this was a sex trafficking ring that was connected very, cl- very, very closely to intelligence communities, to, to blackmail and compromise powerful people who are really in control of what's happening to our governments right now and our societies right now. So, yeah, it's very much, um, you know, similar to uh, how Nixium operated as well. And so it just makes you wonder how many more of these are out there that we're not aware of yet. And for those who um, haven't been into my four diggers page, it has over a hundred resources links for digging and research. And I actually have his black book in there. If any, you know, because because now that this is resurfacing, uh, people might be curious to just poke around in there. Yeah. And one little tidbit that I wanted to mention um, couple, couple of tidbits. Um, one is that this, um, uh, victim here who went by the name Carolyn, that's actually her name. Um, it, she testified that she saw a picture of Ghislaine, um, naked and pregnant. And huh. so that's new information, whether or not Ghislaine was actually pregnant, and uh, if Epstein was the father, assumably he was, and um, what happened to that child? Uh, but she has not been known to have any children. So, and we talked a little bit about Zorro Ranch and how Zorro Ranch was used as sort of like a baby factory or weird, gro- right. you know. For all we know, the dude's got a couple dozen kids out there. Exactly. Or, you know, what happened to those kids? um yeah exactly yeah so we get into a lot of details uh about the trial and then we talk about Ghislaine's family and their connections to the intelligence community in this uh in this video if you guys want to check it out nice yeah and um just to to give you guys a quick update as far as um Thursday they uh canceled any more of the trial on Thursday because one of the prosecutors was quote unquote sick. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so we may pick up on Friday. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but yeah, the, we'll the prosecution we'll says they're, they're ready to rest. They're ready to rest. And, uh, that's <laughs> really? surprising. That's mm-hmm. surprising that they're like, are they that confident that they've presented, you know, a, a a sealed tight case or right. what or are they just trying to rush it through mm-hmm. <laughs> get, yeah. get it done. exactly mm. mm-hmm. so that's pretty much that we uh we can leave a link in the description for um more details on it yeah if so you guys can check the full thing out and we'll see what interesting stuff happens this week um there is a few other podcasts that we want to um get on but um, we'll see if anything interesting happens. We might uh, keep this series until it finishes or, or not, but we'll decide that next week anyway, depending oh, on Oh, you that. guys have to keep going with it because you're my <laughs> 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 All right, all right. You're stuck now. <laughs> Our weekly Maxwell updates. Well, I mean, I can't imagine if they're looking to rest, it's probably not going to go on much longer, so. Yeah, the defense has some, uh, I know at, at least of one witness um, that they want to bring, which is the false memory witness that oh, we discussed in the last podcast. So, right. 
Yeah, so they, but I, I do think people are thinking that this is going to wrap up before the holidays if, you know, it goes uh, to the length, you know, that they are now, this, the timeline that they're now predicting is before the holidays when it w- was supposed to go through the holidays. So, uh, okay. Wow, that was a quick one, guys. We just flew through all that. Yeah, got a couple more things. Um, oh, yeah, I wanted to a couple more uh, good good points to make. Um, this kind of flew under the radar yeah. because so much is yeah. going on. Um, so we've talked about Amarova before, the uh, Biden regime's pick for the comptroller of the currency, and how mm-hmm. she was like really perfect for their plans which you know obviously plays into a lot of that digital identity a digital currency that you've reported on and your massive you know digital id reports Mm -hmm. and uh you know she just seemed like their perfect pick for that right because um amarova said you know many times in previous statements and written about how she wants to change the baking system uh, completely changed the baking system and um, to where it was uh, trying to look for the exact quote. What did she say exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, ending of banking as we know it. Yes. Yeah. Basically where there would be no private banking and everything would go, all the transactions would go through the fed, which would just be perfect for if you were going to issue a CBDC and um, you know, control all transactions. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then she also made another um, really damning statement where she was talking about the oil and gas industry and was just like, in in regards to climate change, of course, you know, <laughs> um, and was talking about how it was necessary, basically, to just bankrupt these, you know, smaller smaller oil and gas companies. Oh uh, so that d- did not go over well in the yeah, Senate so hearing. She went through her nomination. Amen. <laughs> yes. Amen. So she re- withdrew her nomination. Of course, I'm sure they'll find another. Uh, a radical to to put up there but maybe someone with less history on you know that that comes back to bite them um, right. a, a, a radical with a, a little bit better that you know going undercover than her exactly <laughs> not, not so obvious an undercover radical mm. <laughs> yeah so, but this well, is a win this is a win we'll take them we need to take the wins guys right right we had a lot of good wins this past week and uh, one more, um, just to throw out there. Um, so back in April, yeah. Biden put together uh, this 34-member bipartisan commission. Right. Um, and, you know, this commission, it was really obviously designed to radically change the Supreme Court. And what does that mean? You know, pack the court, right? Right. So I'm pretty sure that was the whole basis for doing this commission was, look, we're going to do a bipartisan commission. You guys do a a report and submit it to us, and then we'll make a decision on how we radically change the Supreme Court. And then it won't be our decision. It's because you guys made this report, right? Right. So this commission finally put together their report this week and submitted it to Biden, only it didn't give him the recommendation I think he was looking for because they totally (laughs) were like not even going to touch the expansion issue. They were like, they made no comment. I mean, I think, in fact, what they said was um, 
the commission takes no position on the validity or strength of these claims with regards to packing the court. Mirroring mm. the broad public debate, there is a profound disagreement among commissioners on these issues. We present the arguments in order to fulfill our charge to provide a complete account of the contemporary court reform debate. So it'll be kind of difficult now, I think, for Biden to say, I'm ready to pack court uh, right. you know, coming out after this report. So another win, another blow yeah. to their um, to their radical agenda this week. So excellent. Yep. People just need to keep fighting. Stop. Don't comply. You know, like one of the one of the examples I brought up in my article, I said, look, if if someone if so because most of the people well pretty much everyone who who listens to us like they're on the same page they know what's going on they they know the bigger picture and the bigger agenda is coming down the pike and so uh yet many still do feel boxed in and and you know are trying to you know having to make these choices and decisions and because it's in incremental steps that's kind of throwing it you know, like people are like, well, I'm just going to submit this form or I'm just going to fill out the survey or I'm just going to, you know, do this so I can keep the job until I can find another job or I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to. So if someone though, if a corrupt person walked into your home and said, we're going to pay you $100,000 a year to work for us. But the trade-off is that in three years from now, we will own you and control you. All you have to do is go along with everything we ask of you. Would you say yes to that person or would you immediately begin planning alternative ways to support yourself and your family? You know, because the whole rationalizing process is, is trickery of the mind. And as soon as you start feeling yourself rationalizing, you got to take a step back and see what, you know, what your soul seeks, like honor that and, and be pure of heart and realize that, but I think most people that do do that are going to feel like crap. And most people don't even like the jobs that they work at in the first place. So right. I know it's a lot of tough decisions, but, but you can't look at it in the incremental way. They're trying to get people to do this. You have to look at it as you give a little and, and they're going to take it all. Very true. Very true. I was watching uh, just a snippet snippet. Um, it was a, a podcast and that's exactly what they were talking about was this is how they have always done it. What they do is they'll push you and push you and push you until you protest. And mm -hmm. then they'll pause back off a little bit and they've mm -hmm. made some headway and then they push you, push you, push you until you protest again. And right. then they pause and then they get it started back up again. And before you notice you've taken 50 steps backwards because um, each time they're pushing you just an inch, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's never one full shove. It's inch by inch. They're marching us towards our demise. And uh, so I think that people are kind of reaching the point where, yeah, I, I was lenient at first and then slowly, you know, I started to realize this was not, about health or anything like that and and now they're really starting to realize i've got to make a stand now because it, it goes to the kids yeah I, I just don't 
uh, I think that's that's where most people are, are going to draw the line is when you start going after my kids and uh, the, the parents are just going to really be the uh, the heroes, I think, of this story. Right. Because right. they're just going to that's that's the ultimate line that has to be drawn. You're not going right. to go after my kids. Right. And you got to get them. I'm telling you, after you read my next report, you got to get them out of the damn public schools um, and, and homeschool and forget about many of these virtual schools as well. Uh, they're, they're all on and in, in, in on this together. This is a whole global thing that's going down. Um, so lots of changes coming that, you know, decisions people are going to have to make and you don't have to look at it in a bad way. You can look at it in a fantastic way, you know, more time with your children or downsize and not have to worry about all these damn material possessions and expenses. And just, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can be done um, that change your life for the better instead of feeling like it, it's being changed for the worst. Or like you're being forced. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We can turn lemonade and lemons into lemonade and uh, create uh, better opportunities. Just take that leap of faith, follow your heart, um, do those things that in the back of your mind in in your heart have always you've you've been nagging yourself to do. Um, right. I, maybe this is a time for some people to to really do that and an opportunity to do that and a chance to do that. And it doesn't all have to be bad, although it can be scary, not downplaying how um, difficult some choices are to make, whether it's right. changing a job or moving um, whatever the case is, I hundred percent understand that. Right. Yep. All right. Good week. Let's have another good week next week. <laughs> All right. Coming. What a busy month. Oh. Yep. It's coming up fast, coming up fast. So time flies and, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back next week. But thanks, guys, for joining us here today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.